Two Guys, One Shaker Cup Podcast, hosted by Joshua Shaw and Ryan Buckeye. What's up, boys and girls? Welcome inside the Two Guys, One Shaker Cup Podcast. I am co-host. I don't think I've ever used the word co-host before, but Josh Shaw is a co-host. Ryan Buckeye is a co-host. I'm sitting here with one of these amazing adrenaline shock drinks that uh, we talked about branding a long, long time ago. Go check it out in the archives uh, on iTunes or Spotify. But this was a beverage, Josh, that you mentioned that you liked the branding, I think. And actually, you maybe posted a, an image online about it, too. But uh, And we're not here to debate or talk about quality of energy drinks. But in terms of branding, I mean, they did a great job. They did yeah. a great job. Yeah, yeah the, the, um, I think I posted for referencing was before it even launched. Um, you know, it was uh, – I think Lance Collins is a part of it. He's a – Old beverage guy that's done a bunch of really cool uh, brands that people know, but uh, Dr. Pepper, uh, Snapple, or Dr. Pepper, sure, Dr. Pepper, I guess now is like basically um, also partnering on that deal, and they are taking a different approach to the energy drink market. But I just really liked, like it was a very well composed, well refined um, thing. And I hadn't, I hadn't tasted it at the time, but I kind of knew it was going to taste pretty good. And now it's, we were talking off camera. It's like it's going to be nationally distributed, uh, or it has started this year, so you're going to start seeing all the coolers. And everything, so, so it's, it's going to be a pretty good, good pretty good product. product. So I think uh, if you see it around, try it out. Yeah, and I want to publicly apologize to you, Jack O'Walk. I know Josh is your boy, but him talking about a competitive energy drink probably makes you upset. So, um, Josh, if your LinkedIn messages blow up, you, you, you brought this on yourself. You brought you brought this <laughs> yeah. on yourself. And uh, we are not here to talk energy drinks or Jack O'Walk or VPX or Bang or any of that matter. We're talking about. What the, so for the last couple of weeks we've been talking about COVID nineteen and how it's impacted our industry and impacted life in general, but we have to start looking forward and looking ahead at because at some point there's going to be an end to this. Can't tell you when that's going to be. I wish I could because it would be amazing, um, but there will be an end to this and we will you know attempt to move on. But how has life changed and how are we going to live our lives as individuals as businesses after COVID nineteen? Because I think what this has done is it's really sort of put the put the brakes on life because for you and I run at full speed all the time. I mean, we are, we're wired that way. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people thought to themselves, it'd be nice for the world to slow down for a second. And I don't think anybody thought that this would be how it would happen or would want this to happen this way, but the world did slow down. It stopped to the point where people are, you know, being stay home orders where you're now to eat out. You have to use apps like DoorDash or Uber Eats or whatever else is out there. And, um, you know, discover new things that you haven't used before. And what I think is super interesting about that is that that will absolutely change the way we move thing, do things moving forward. And I'll start with um, an example. Like I, I think I mentioned this on a pre- previous podcast. I will no longer be going to a gym because I went and purchased a bunch of gym equipment, like a squat rack and everything else, to the point where I don't need a public gym anymore. Now, I feel bad for that business. Like It's a small business, but this forced me, if I wanted to continue to live this lifestyle and produce content the way that I do, it forced me to go out and have to make a purchase. And now because I made that purchase and that investment, I don't see the reason to spend 60 bucks reoccurring every month for a public gym access when I have everything I need and more here. So that that impacted – it already impacted the way that I'm going to change – live my life. And the gym has been the place of sanctuary for me. It's like the place to go to, to, to unwind. And I actually prefer this being here. My, my commute is six steps away from my bedroom. I don't have the distractions of other people. I know the machinery and the equipment is clean and well taken care of. Um, so like – for me, that's that's one of the biggest changes for me. I'm actually interested, Josh, I and mean, we'll talk about this in a bigger spectrum. But like for you, uh, I, I have to imagine that you things for you are going to change. You know, f- changed during this that you're probably going to keep going post COVID nineteen. Yeah, there was. Um, there, I would say there's 
a lot of things that I do that are probably, mm, I don't want to call them like bleeding edge, but things that like, if you surveyed middle America, they were probably like, this guy's crazy or whatever. And a lot of it was around uh, one thing like online grocery. That's like a big thing for me that I like for years, I've been getting um, my groceries delivered. That's kind of how I always done it because it's an easier process. It's a more efficient process for me, but for most of America, uh, up until recently, it was one of those areas where people were just had these no, like hard nose in their head. Like, how is you know the Instacart person going to know what kind of uh, bananas I like, or you know what kind of meat that I like, or whatever? It was like all these like kind of things that you put up and you said, I, you know, I can't. These are these are things that I'm not going to ever get over. And then COVID nineteen hits, and then you're like, well. How do I have, is it either my, my bananas are not going to pick right or can I potentially catch something that could kill me? You know, so it's like, it's like, what are these things that now don't seem like a big deal anymore? These things you have to overcome to like redo that situation. So I think like, you know, the online grocery thing is for me, it's the closest to home uh, from both my habits, but also from like the work that I do. I have been working in like e-commerce grocery for four or five years at this point um, with CPG brands. And it's amazing the ones that I've worked with and wow, that have been like first adopters and have really been into this like online grocery world and really bought into it. And then you see the ones that are not. And this time is really showing like the winners and losers. You have like these ones that were first adopters that are like crushing it. Right. They're just, you know, doing, they're just doing astronomical uh, numbers. And then you have, some of these old legacy brands that really weren't a part of it all that much that are struggling because they didn't put in the time to optimize their listings. They didn't put the, together uh, the right inventory plans to make sure that those companies had uh, proper uh, inventory management and processes and things that actually would fill up all this extra demand that's now coming into the system. So like that one's been one that I followed uh, pretty close. I know I, I we were talking off things about like I bought some uh, bands and that's been my workout, uh, which has been you know, terrible. But I, I've been watching a lot of people buy, you know, home equipment, uh, buy connected fitness type things. Uh, a lot of people are creating content that's like live content and uh, people are creating these big libraries that are they're giving free like Nike and Peloton. And uh, even like I saw recently like. Uh, one, one that we, we talk, talk about, about a lot, Planet Fitness, Fitness um, that has partnered with a company that's putting out a ton brilliant. of uh, on-demand uh, yes, fitness stuff. So like now all this stuff about like omni-channel fitness, like big chains, all the things we talked about in that prior episode, like the future of, of what the gym was going to be like and everything, like it's coming it's to like life. We, 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 yeah, we set the, we set the fucking the storyboard <laughs> before it happened. It was crazy because like Planet Fitness, I heard on the, yeah, I listened I was listening to the public radio because I'm a peasant and I heard an advertisement from them or maybe it was Pandora. I don't know. But yeah, they were saying, join us Monday at 6 p.m. at a time frame, you know, via the app. Brilliant. Because that's going to change the way that they do things moving forward. Like at some point, these big gyms don't even need much of a physical presence if they can get by with great content like that. Um, let me let me go back to the online shopping thing. So now you are buying your groceries. Are you giving it delivered or are you going to pick them up? Well, I mean, most of it's getting delivered, um, but when it's time, like right now, it's kind of this weird period because I think there's a lot of stress in the system. The, the system was not built to, to grow this fast or scale this fast. So you have like grocery stores that have huge like um, times where they're out of like slots for delivery or at, so you have to be like a little bit flexible at this time. You're not getting the 
best experience like, that you could. Like when I used to be doing this two years ago, I, you know, the best experience, nobody was using it. So like, you know, they were really catering to you. But now it's like everybody's using it. So that's a little bit tougher for me than I normally would. But um, I'm still trying to do delivery because I don't want to go out if I don't have to. Yeah. It's, um, it's, but that was something that you had, you were doing, were you doing that prior to COVID-19 a little bit? I was, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but I think that's a great example because I think when people start using the Instacarts or shipped or whatever it might be, the models, um, and getting their groceries delivered from whether it be Walmart or wherever, yeah. they start to realize like, this isn't so bad. Like I don't have to walk into the grocery store and wait in line or the self-checkout, which by the way, side note, self-checkouts suck. They never, they never can, can, they, they never understand that you're putting something on the scale and it's there and they're thinking, did you bag it yourself? No, I didn't bag it myself. It's on the fucking scale. Like take it. All right. I can get a tangent to that, but it's great, man. Online the delivery is great. Even, even the pickup option is not bad. The, with the pickup option, obviously some places require you to reserve a time window, but it's just, it's a game changer. And I think if anything, like now these companies like Walmart and, uh, you know, Instacarts and stuff, they're like. There are certain companies and brands out there that are excited and thankful for COVID-19. Fitness companies, for sure, like Parblocks and Bullflex and Rogue, they're like sold out, right? But the, the models in which they were trying to, you know, you, you can spend a billion dollars in advertising, Josh, right, for like Instacart, and it didn't, it didn't pick up the way they wanted it to. One pandemic, and that was it. Didn't cost them anything. And as unfortunate as it was... People will continue to use Instacart post-COVID-19 because they are already paying for it. They love the luxury and the convenience of it, and they don't have to leave their house. You know, it's it's like it's it's truly amazing that that is one thing. And the gym is another thing. I mean, there are a lot. Like, I think even you know, if it wasn't for Amazon having Prime deliveries being two, three weeks on certain non-essential items, um, you know, that the the Prime or the Amazon Model Two probably would have picked up more subscriptions in Prime. I, I think it's a little frustrating that you can't get certain items, um, but like some items you can get in a day. And I get it. I totally understand it. But it's just like, that's a tough business call too. We could do a whole episode on that. Like if you're Amazon, how do you prioritize X over Z? Because, you know, the, the, it's just everybody has different needs and wants. So um, what about what about our space? Like what about our space? What, what changes? Because I think we've seen the brands that have done a really good job with this, that have pivoted, you know, we've talked, we talk at length about brands like Nutribio where Mark Glazer and company came out with a, a immune product, but it came out with a first response product in which, you know, I, I, I can't just do this episode and not talk about it. I mean, they, they're giving out, they've given out like 20,000 units for free to people in which they're offering free refills, which is vitamin C. I think there's NAC and, and maybe zinc in it, but they're delivering it around New York, New Jersey. Then we have people across the nation who are reaching out, asking how they could get it. Like they, they leveraged this pandemic um, in a way that wasn't advantageous in terms of like greed. They, I mean, they're actually doing good uh, to the point where like moving forward post COVID-19, they're going to be fine. Uh, I just don't know necessarily know, like, are people going to be like, hmm, maybe I don't need pre-workout and stop buying it. I don't think that's the case at all, but it's just, it'll be interesting to see like how we adapt in this space because I, I scratch my head because I think there's a lot of brands just kind of sitting waiting for it to end. And they're not being proactive, like Nutribio. They're not being proactive, like some of these other companies that are doing some cool things. I think a lot of the brands they don't really have that like tried and true like competitive advantage. Like there's a lot of like just the sea of sameness that's going on. So like at that point, what legs do you stand on? I guess is like you don't really have anything strong to stand on. And if you're able to like really highlight what is my competitive advantage, like where 
we might have thought of like mutual bio a lot around like maybe the branding or the you know whatever but their competitive advantage is they own their own manufacturing it could be flipped on a dime to do whatever they need to do so like during this time frame where you know certain product categories are ebbing and flowing and just like really drastically going up and down he can flip up on a dime as long as he has the the supply chain to handle the purchasing and, and whatever and that gives you such an advantage to be able to just do that because he can play that game on the product side and really provide the products that people want the most at the time in which they need it where other people have to get on a contract manufacturing schedule it's like it's 12 weeks it's this it's that there's all these you know mark is completely uh, vertically integrated in the sense of like he could print his own labels. He could, you know, in the, in the time of need, he could flip as quick as possible. And that's his competitive advantage where, you know, you have somebody like, like say ghost or something where like their competitive advantage is that community, that brand uh, connection that they've had with, with their customers. And they don't necessarily need to push like, like certain product categories. They just need to push the connection with the customer. They just need to continue with that story, continue to support them, be a part of the process with them, like be raw, authentic, and just be, you know, just like another person in the conversation. And that helps them like sustain what they're doing. They obviously have their own kind of struggles with you know, maybe GNCs and this and that or whatever. But like at the end of the day, they can still lean in on their competitive advantage and it still works because everybody's going through the same thing. Ghost is just, just another one of the boys going through it as well. And it's you feel good about that. But then you have brands that like, what do they have? Like, so, so what, what do you do? do? You're still like your only playbook is the same playbook you've had your whole time. Because what else do you have? So it's like you're still trying to push the pre-workout. You're still trying to push the you know the pre workout. It's like, but nobody's working out like they used to. What do, what do they need the stuff for? But I do, I do, I have to say, I do give credit to brands like Ghost, who are, you know they're launching uh, Sonic Cherry Limeade, like amino product, which I mean it's a good sipping beverage. You don't say they have to work out to take amino. They're launching a greens, which anybody should take a greens. But then you look at a brand like Core Nutritionals who Doug Miller made the decision, you know what, we're not going to stop what we had planned. We're going to keep doing it. We might not get the sales we want, but we're going to let people know it's business as usual, that we're not going to be taken advantage of by this whole pandemic going on. I mean, they launched a new pre-workout. They launched, they're launching a pump. They launched protein. They're launching an intro. All these things that most people are like, mm, we're going to hold off until this is done. Here's the problem. We don't know when this is going to be done. And by yeah. sleeping, people are going to forget about you. So I think by doing some type of activity, regardless if it's profitable or lucrative at this point, still gets people top of mind. So that way when we come out of COVID-19, they're like, oh shit, I remember Core launched this versus I haven't heard from XYZ brand in six months. Are they still around? So, I mean, I think the brands that are still trying to do something during this time um, and being active, whether or not they're pivoting or not, like I still think you have to try to be top of mind. So that way post COVID-19, as long as you didn't do anything stupid, you know, you are still top yeah. of mind in a positive way. Now, not you're right. Not everybody can do what Nutribio does. Not everybody has a health line, and so it's very hard to, to do that. Not everybody is vertically integrated. You've been in the Middlesex. It's an amazing, amazing manufacturing facility they got there. They they had that luxury because they made that choice to invest it a long, long time ago. But just to sit back and we talked about this before. I mean, by sitting back and doing nothing during this time, I think makes life harder for you post COVID nineteen yeah. because now you have to make up all that ground that you just gave away for because you you. You couldn't. I mean, and it's sad though because a lot of these brands that we know and work with, like they're not, they can't pay their employees, so they they don't have people to produce the content that can be elevated from platforms like myself or you know Price Plow or Stacked or whoever or, or yourself. So I mean, our space is just super interesting. But um, I think you know another another thing that I I have I since starting a business and um, you know having to travel and stuff. Sometimes when I travel, I'm just tired. And I'm in a hotel that might be like three, four miles away from something. I would use Uber Eats 
and I would use a, a food delivery app. And I, the first time I used it, I was like, this is great. This is fantastic. Yeah. I have no problem paying a delivery fee. Um, what's nice right now is most places aren't charging delivery fee. Like, you know, Uber and, and DoorDash are doing it free or they're doing like a small business Saturday. And, and, and it's, it's great because it's positive. It gives a positive experience to the consumer. But, I mean, we mentioned on a, a podcast ago or two, like, what were we going to do, you know, to help support small business? And I think we both said that we were going to order food through yeah. one of these delivery services. And post-COVID-19, it's something I'm still going to do. It's super yeah. convenient. I mean, they, they literally bring it to my door, knock on the door, set it down, walk away. And, I mean, for the most part, I've had great experience. I've had, like, one one experience where they didn't put something in there and you contact them through the app and they try to take care of you. It's, it's been fairly fairly good. But, like... You don't have to leave and go to a restaurant. No, I get it. There's an experience on getting up, dressing up, and going out. That's still going to exist. But like, if you just want Chipotle or you want like a Korean barbecue bowl or whatever it might be, it's super easy to log into the app, hit submit, and be done. And it's convenient. And we live in a world, especially now with like being time, time, time constraint. And you too, with how busy we are, like that extra half hour we save from not having to drive, not having to sit at a restaurant and wait for your food and try to do work on your cell phone. Like you can be at your counter, you can be at your desk there with the sweet green grass. And you can do work. And it's just like you discover the conveniences of life that you never took time to discover before because you didn't have a reason to. And now because of this whole pandemic, like you're like, well, if I really want that food, I have to order it in. And then you get it and you're like, this is pretty cool. So I think I think those apps too are going to benefit quite a bit post-COVID-19. Two, two things that I like around the, the delivery aspect of, of food that I've been kind of tinkering in my head around is one around the types of food that become popular if that becomes a tipping point like where something like a french fry like if you order that and it takes 30 minutes by the time it gets there it's not a good experience you know but there's other things there's certain like you know you've ordered maybe a sandwich that that holds up pretty well maybe you order sushi it holds up really well now if you order something that's like you know, something that could get soggy or something like that, like that you, you tend not to order it because you're like, eh, I don't, I'm not going to get the best experience. So you start to make those decisions over time. If, if say Uber Eats or Grubhub or Postmates like becomes a larger proportion of the overall like restaurant business, that changes the dynamics of like maybe what foods are the most popular based around the delivery aspects. So like I think that might be something to – um, kind of come out of this is like if that becomes a big thing like maybe our popular foods change a little bit the other thing that I've been kind of tinkering with is also the idea that it speeds up like the business model of what a um, restaurant is like where does a restaurant have to serve people in a physical space can it be a dark kitchen like where essentially it's just a just a small area where somebody's whipping up the stuff, the delivery guy comes, whips around, gets the food and goes away. Like it's kind of a, um, one of those areas where that might speed up because if you have a lot less overhead, um, you can manage your costs a lot better with adding delivery and all those types of things. It's this kind of interesting dynamic. I know that, um, actually the, the founder of Uber, um, Travis Kalanick, he actually, um, cashed out all of his Uber stock and then invested in, in a new, uh, one of his new startups called, I think it's called Ghost Kitchens, but maybe it has a different name, but basically it's, it's just developing that infrastructure of dark kitchens where like basically it's just helping Uber Eats or, you know, Grubhub or, or Postmates have these areas where they're basically just 
like, like a, a box, box where a guy's in there whipping up food and like literally it's just a matter of like creating a uh, restaurant concept that way, not having the actual overhead of having to put people in there and having to fill it up and it's maybe not busy certain times. Like there's all these kind of things where it's like stripping away all the costs because now it's this new road of like just delivery. Like, yeah. like why, why worry about it? Could you imagine like being in a, in a city like New York City where you got to – I can't even fathom what a lease costs in some of those places. Yeah. But it cannot be cheap. But if you're able to maybe be outside the city a little bit and you can just create that – the food that people want where they – I mean because people now are accustomed to ordering in. You can save so much money on lease. You don't have to have a, a – not, not to say that we don't want to hire employees, but you don't even have to have a wait staff. Like there's a lot of things, of benefits to the P&L on a restaurant, which is a bit – an industry that is super hard to succeed in first off. I mean you it's so hard. Um, but that it's – yeah, it will change the way that businesses are created structured operate how we consume that type of stuff i mean same can be said like you look at streaming content too netflix has been popular for a long time but the fact that we've been forced to be home and you yeah. go through your direct tv your dish network your comcast and you're like i'm paying for 120 channels at 80 bucks a month or 120 dollars a month and there's not a goddamn thing on so like i mean how many the, the post covid 19 i mean i've already spoken to many people who have canceled their cable canceled their internet because these little things are so fast and they give us unlimited data and nobody really, I mean, besides people who kind of work from home like us, like if I didn't work from home, I probably would have no need for a desktop or, or a laptop really. I mean, I can just do everything on my phone. But I mean, I think, you know, people are going to probably start canceling the internet and, and not necessarily embrace the simplistic portion of life, but embrace the simplistic portion of life, but using modern technology to do so. So like, you know, not having to like watch cable, you're gonna have Hulu or Netflix, just one streaming service because it's enough on there for you. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure people listening to this can can comment on this on whether it be Facebook or Instagram. But like, how many hours of Netflix have you logged in the last couple of weeks? I bet you, I bet you the number. I mean, I personally have not, but I can imagine. I've seen statuses online all the time. It's like, hey, we're gonna Netflix tonight. What's a, what's a good Netflix series for me to get into? And so like. As much as we, the economy is struggling, there are certain pockets of commerce that have done very well during this time. And it's, and it's, I don't know, like if you're Netflix or you're for the fitness industry or if you're, you know, some of these industries. Like, are you supposed to like feel super good about that? Like, it's kind of like one of those things. Like, yeah. this really shitty thing happened in the world, but it really helped us out. Um, you know, you can't really celebrate that because then you're an asshole. But at the same time, it's like, what do you do? Um, it, so like food delivery, grocery delivery, it seems like anything that anything that can kind of come to your home, right? Anything yeah. that comes to you is something that's going to be, um, I think, adapted long-term post-COVID-19. Uh, I, I wonder too, Josh, like this is a thing, like how many people are going to drive less post-COVID-19? Like because, you know, you're not really supposed to leave your house and – I mean, some people would just drive the driver. I'm bored, so I'm going to go to the mall. Like, how many people are going to not do that anymore? Well, if you think about it in two ways, like, you have the work from home now that's, like, getting this huge test market. That's, like, all companies now that they were, like, we're never going to have our employees work from home. Now all of them are working from home, and they're like, hey, this is actually pretty cool. Like, we're actually still getting some, um, you know, output here. We're doing pretty good. We can cut costs. We don't need to have all these big rental uh, areas and buildings and, you know, kind of all that stuff. So you have that. where Like, that's where most people commute, you know, to, to work. And, and then secondary, like, you usually can commuting to like big, like say you go to the mall or say you go to a concert, say you go to a baseball game or something like that where you have these events that you go to. The bigger the events, the more that you start to question, 
does it make sense for me to do that? And I think that there's been a lot of conversation, and you know, Mark Cuban has talked about this a lot, like with um, when does he think like people are going to come back to the Mavs um, you know, stadium, the arena, and actually do it. And a lot of the conversation is like not until there's a vaccination because people are not going to feel safe enough to go, even if it's like, okay, well, you know, it's subsided, we've gotten the curve flattened, we got everything going. Like, do you still feel comfortable being in a, um, an arena with, you know, 25,000 people that are, you know, spit droplets and people yelling and, you know, whatever? It's like, you just don't know how, like, one person gets it and, like, just spreads like wildfire. Um, and it's one of those things where you start to then question, like, do you go to those things? You know, you're not going to work. Like, car sales, I think I saw the data that just came out, like, it's down 67% or something last month, like, car sales. And so, so people, people are not obviously using their cars, they're not buying cars, they don't need anything at this point. So it's like those, you start, when you get things taken away out of your life, you either respond in two ways. One, you want more of it because you miss it, or two, you realize it's not that big of a deal. I know I've, I haven't had a car since May of 2019. I thought to myself, oh, it's going to be terrible. I barely ever use it. I never use it. If I need, if I Uber, this, that, you know, if I need to go to the airport, it's like, it's just easier sometimes to realize, like, when you take away that, and you're like, wow, it's actually easier for me just to have that constraint in my life than not. You're absolutely right. I think, like, um, you know, th there's a saying, right? You don't know what you got till it's gone. But then at, at that point, it's like, you're right. I didn't need it. I mean, it was, it was a luxury to have it. And then I became too, uh, I became too accustomed to this and I became too dependent on this that it's, you know, I see people doing, Honestly, I see people posting pictures of puzzles, Josh. Like, pu I haven't put a puzzle together since I was like, <laughs> like thirteen years old. But like, they're doing that. Pe more people are picking up books and reading again, and just doing things yes. that we would do, you know, as younger. And it's 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 such a crazy thing that had to happen to change. But I think you know, then too, are we just going to revert back to what we were? And I think yeah. conventional wisdom says we probably will. I mean, we we, all, we have these luxuries in life. Like, it's nice now to do all these things. But at some point, we're going to go back and do that one thing that we hadn't done in a while and realize like, yeah, we did miss that a little bit more and we'll start doing it again. But it'll be it'll, – for me personally, it'll be interesting to see kind of like what does change. And I think the one thing you brought up that is super interesting is more on a, um, a macro level is this whole work from home thing from businesses because everybody's working from home. And, and, and I think what that does is like as an employee now, finally getting a, getting a taste of that. If you've never gotten to work from home before and you're doing it and you find yourself that you know, you're productive – Granted, there's not a lot going on in the world, but like yeah. you're going to demand that of your employer to let you work from home. Like the employers are put in a very tough spot post COVID-19 because what do you do? You say, now come back to work. You have to. And then people go back to work for two weeks and you're like, I hate this. And now yeah. as an employer, you're going to have to make some tough decisions. You're going to have to be more lenient. Like if you've been an old school company and say, nope, you need to be here. My suggestion is you need to soften your stance because it's going to be a demand, especially for millennials, because millennials have been screaming for this for eight years to work yeah. from home. Um, now that they've gotten to, no one's going to want to drive. I mean, you don't have to drive to the office. You don't have to dress up per se. Like, And quite honestly, and I think you can speak to this too, Like, I've always been more productive working from home because there's not the cooler talk. There's not the coworkers bugging. There's not the – you know, you don't get – a, a bunch of link messages and stuff that you get within an office because people are bored. So it's just like – I mean I think – I think there's a lot of companies out there who can probably downsize their corporate offices and there might be some more vacant buildings and uh, it's, it's not a bad thing. Less people on the road too, there's less accidents and it's, you know, there's, there's a lot of good things from working from home. Um, so that'll be, that'll be very interesting to see how that changes, especially in big commerce. When you look at the big Fortune 500, I think a lot of them anyway let people work from home. Many of them have kind of adapted that and realized like, hey, it's 2020, it's 1927 anymore, like you can actually work from home. but. Um, what, what do you think 
as we roll out this episode here, like, what do you think is going to be the biggest change that happened from COVID-19 that stays post-COVID-19? And then we've talked about a lot. There might be one of those for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think it's something to do with probably commerce. Like, I think that um, the, gro- the grocery thing, I think, is probably it's one of the last to adopt digital um, because it's a very sacred routine for people. You know, there's a lot of baked in things when you were a kid that your parents went through the grocery store a certain way. And that's, you know, you just subconsciously do things. Um, but even the oldest um, individuals in our, in our, our world, you know, like the baby boomers and stuff like they had to make the decision to adopt um, online grocery. And they were by far the, the least um, kind of forward in that area. So I think like all this trial creates some element of speeding that up. And I think that's going to be your biggest um, kind of difference. I don't think to your point, I don't think there's anything that we've talked about as is out of the blue. I think everything has all already been in motion. This is all just an acceleration of like where it is. Like with online grocery, I've been, I've been looking at some of the stats, like it's pushing everything two to three years ahead in the um, scale of it, like in terms of the speed of adoption right now. So like it's already going to happen. It was already the future of where everything was going, but it's just speeding it all up. So I think like that's going to be the big, I think the most noticeable, you're going to see this be like a virtuous cycle. Cause I think a lot of like, you know, the Walmarts or the Kroger's or the, you know, even Amazon's that like, they are now looking at the consumer behavior of what's happening right now. And then they're going to change everything to really dial it in to be perfect for everybody in this next phase. So it's going to be like, I think a lot of people, they're going to have this less than great experience right now, just because there's so much like pressure into the system. But I think they're going to have, maybe it's not every trip. Maybe if they make four trips to the grocery store, maybe one out of those four become um, an online grocery trip. And then maybe three years from now that turns into two. And it turns like, it's one of those things where it speeds up the adoption rate, where I think it's more of like uh, 5% more each year turns into something bigger when you think about it as an aggregate. It's not really like people aren't going from zero to a hundred. It's more, you know, kind of a pace. So I think that's going to be one of the ones that's going to be really noticeable because I think the grocery industry um, is very fast to adapt to things because people are constantly doing things from a purchase behavior. You're really quick to buy groceries, you know, week after week or a couple of days after a couple of days. So I think you're going to see the most of the changes there over some of the ones that are just going to take more time to like see it in happening over time, you know, the biggest thing with that, Josh, I mean, it's not even it, the consumer, the poor consumer experience, I think, stems from the poor inventory management system online because most of these businesses weren't built on that. Right. Like um, we went to a local grocery store here and said, well, Instacart said you had this many in stock and they had none there. So they're not speaking. These stores are not speaking to yes. Instacart the way it's supposed to because they weren't ready for this. Right. Like like you mentioned, there's so much stress in the system. So this is also forcing your shop rights and your – I mean, Kroger has been good. Kroger has yeah. had this model for a while. Walmart has been had this model for a while. Target. But like some of the smaller local ones who are big regional chains, you know, for us up here in Minneapolis, there's, there's one called Cub Foods, which is owned um, – it was owned by Super Value. But like they, they aren't ready for this, but they had to do it. And now it's like the executives there need to get their ass in gear and come to it because people want this and they expect it. And I think me, I think the, the grocery pickup slash delivery is obviously going to keep being a, a thing just because like, A, we want convenience. Now we've discovered the convenience. We love it. I think the food delivery thing is, again, going to be just yeah. huge. I think that people really I – mean, we've, we've always gotten pizza delivered because it was there. Like there was pizza delivery. Yeah. It's cool, right? Like the, the football games, I'm going to get pizza delivery. Well, now we know that we can get – 
for, we can get Cheesecake Factory. We can get a slice of yeah. cheesecake and the hanger steak, and like we can get anything we want from any menu in the world or locally, granted, um, delivered to us. So it doesn't have to be pizza anymore. So the pizza industry, congratulations, y'all are way ahead. This is why pizza is number one. <laughs> this is why pizza and beer are number one. Even though beer couldn't be delivered, pizza is number one. So um, it'll be interesting. I'd like to hear from people listening to like what changes have you made during this phase? What changes do you plan on keeping moving forward? Um, you know, one thing that I had not done really is the grocery delivery thing. It, it, I, I go out and obviously start a new business and stuff. I'm there looking for some inventory, but it's something that we wanted to use. It's just that the system wasn't working the way we wanted to. So it made more sense for us to go in physical person, but I would like that to be something that I take more advantage of in the future. If you like what you heard on this episode, hit the subscribe button. Help us out with the algorithm or that's a review. Give us your comments and feedbacks. Like what things have you changed in your life, you know, during this whole pandemic? What things do you think are probably going to stay? You know, what things are you going to keep moving forward? Post. Um, and, and if you have opinions and thoughts on on some of the stuff that we talked about. And I know we probably left a few things out. But, you know, like for instance, people may never get a haircut again. You know, or, or whatever because you can't get a haircut. People are just going to let their long hair rock or they're going to be cool being pasty white and not having to do that fake tanning stuff anymore. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that – it forces us to do that, that, you know, isn't necessarily a bad thing. So uh, until next time, Josh, I mean, Josh, you might have a, I mean, your hair seems pretty slicked up. But you also wear a hat. But yeah, so <laughs> next time Josh might look like Joshua Jesus. Next time on Two Guys <laughs> Watching Cup Podcast. Podcast. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, YouTube, Google Podcast, and more. Follow us along on our social media channels. We're on Facebook, Two Guys, One Cup, Instagram, and Twitter.